Come on now. Death to Selfie. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment, but before we do, let me make mention of a couple of things. First of all, once again, welcome everybody. A uh, little love, so good to see you. God bless you. Uh, let, me, let me just make mention of a couple of things. First of all, uh, Easter is just four weeks away. Can you believe it? Uh, March, this coming week, uh, day after tomorrow, right? Uh, and, and so, sometime this week, anyway. Uh, in, in March already, this year is passing by so fast. And so, uh, but anyhow, we've got uh, a special Easter service that we have planned. We want to encourage you not only to be here, but to bring some folks. We also have some invite cards out on the tables, and so that you can grab uh, as many as you want that you'll use to invite people and just grab them and invite some folks out there and want to encourage you to do that, okay? Uh, also, this first Wednesday uh, of each month, we have a, a, a worship service where we come together and have communion together, time in the Word, time of worship, and just a, just a time where we could just come together and just really focus in on uh, just remembering what Christ did for us and taking communion where we're... Uh, instructed to do that and we do that together and I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that that'll be this coming uh this coming Wednesday and then one more thing uh just small groups we've kicked off and if you've not been a part of our small groups yet I want to encourage you to go on cotmtyler.org and you can register there and get involved in a small group all righty and uh I said one more thing but I have one 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 more one more thing okay is that okay? One more, one more thing. And uh, we have today as part of our growth track, if you want to get connected to Church on Move, that's a good way to do that. Today we have what's called Dream Team 401. That'll be taking place at 1130 in here. Okay, all that aside, let's talk about death to selfie. Man, when people hear that, it's like, I don't know if I want to hear that message. What in the world does death to selfie mean? Uh, in in uh, February, I like to do a relationship series, and this is actually a relationship series that we started a few weeks back. I'll be concluding it today, and, uh, and, and really, honestly, what it is is talking about death to selfishness. Uh, if we're going to have great relationships, we're going to have to set selfishness aside and be unselfish and live our life for God and others. And that's when life becomes, uh, becomes really, really alive, and it becomes good, and it becomes something that is healthy in our relationships. And so we've been discussing how that looks over the past few weeks. Uh, to, today I'm going to continue on on a, on a message that I'll, uh, I'll reveal in just a moment. But I do want to just kind of go back and just say this, first of all, that God created every one of us to be in relationship. I talked about God creating us for purpose. And one of the things that we need to understand that we're, we're created to be relational. Right. Uh, relational with Him, re- with the Lord, and relational with one another. And I'm going to tell you, I have such a burden in my heart for relationships and it's been heavy in my heart for a good while. And I just believe that we're not, uh, we're not even getting close to uh, where we need to be relationally in, 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 the, in what God intended. And so I've been working at and trying to describe to, to us what the Word of God says, how our relationships need to look. 
We started out the first message talking about life-giving relationships. How many of you believe that your, your relationships ought to be life-giving? There's a lot of relationships that are they're death giving they're 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 killing each other. I mean I mean just killing each other's uh, self confidence, killing each other in various ways, and eventually uh, uh, statistics say that at least fifty percent of every marriage ends in divorce, and so it just it just continues to die. Relationships continue to die around us. And, and so we talked about life-giving relationships and how we're, if we're going to have life-giving relationships, we've got to learn to celebrate our relationships. Too often we're tolerating instead of celebrating. Right? right? And who wants to go around somebody that's just tolerating them? No. They want to be around people that are celebrating them. And so we talked about that in the first week. The second week we talked about spirit-blessed relationships that if we want to have the blessed relationships that God has for us, that we need God's involvement in our life, and that we need, to, we, need the, we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives and working in our relationships, and we talked about that. And so I said there's three things that need to take place, that we need to be continually filled with God's Spirit, that we just need that. And then we need to be spirit-focused. And then, then we need to be spirit-led. And, and as we do that, then we're going to have the life of God in our relationships and the blessing of God. Last week, we talked about, we talked about heart-connected relationships and that God wants our hearts to be connected and that it aches our hearts. And I think all of us would agree to this, that doesn't it ache your heart when there's a disconnect between you and your relationship or relationships? It just hurts you in your heart. In that disconnect, what happens is there's a lack of security. You feel insecure in that relationship. You, don't, you, just, you feel insecure when there's a disconnect. Secondly, the second thing that happens is that there's a lack of intimacy. You don't feel close to that relationship when there's a disconnect. And so we talked about how to be connected and how we, we can do that. And we talked about really three things uh, last week about staying heart connected is that we have to have no walls. When we throw up walls in our life, it, that causes a disconnect. And walls could be thrown up for a variety of different reasons. Uh, we, talked about, uh, we talked about not only no walls, but we also need to have no criticism that we need to not criticize people, that we, are, we have to work at not being criti- critical of our relationships. If we look hard enough, we're going to always find something to criticize. Right? I mean, all of us got some issues. And if you, don't have, if you say that you don't have an issue, that's your issue. Okay? We all have issues. And so if we look hard enough, we're going to find something to criticize. And anytime we start criticizing, it does something in our own heart. Whether we criticize them to their face or not, it just does something in our own heart and it causes a disconnect in our own heart with that other individual that we're criticizing. And so we've got to watch criticism. And then the, the third thing I said is that dishonoring, no dishonoring. Uh, and, and, and what causes dishonor in any relationship is familiarity. When we become familiar with somebody, we tend to quit honoring them at, at the highest level. And you've heard the old saying that, uh, that familiarity breeds contempt. And it really, truly is true. And you've got to work at not being dishonoring. And we all have to do that with all of our relationships. And the closest people that we ought to be uh, honoring the most are the people that we dishonor the most. 
And so we've got to work at that. So we talked about all of that in the past few weeks. And today, which brings us to today, we're going to talk about our next, our next uh, uh, and, and cl- conclude with this next message. And it's called Fun-Loving Relationships. Fun-Loving Relationships. And we're going to really talk about, because all of us want to have fun in our relationships. We, we want to enjoy each other, don't we? Who wants to be with somebody that you're not enjoying? Well, I'm going to tell you, the foundation of any fun relationship is love. And so we're going to talk about that today and, and get into that. But let me just share some scriptures with you. First of all, Mark chapter 8. Uh, if we're going to be fun-loving and have fun-loving relationships, we're going to have to de- die to selfie. The problem, the problem with... Uh, with our relationships as we live in a, a, a selfie-centered world. And we also live in a selfie-centered flesh. But look here in Mark chapter 8, it says, in Jesus speaking, then call, uh, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any one of you, if any one of you or any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, follow me, and if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. In other words, you cannot be selfish and actually follow God uh, with, uh, uh, and be effective in following God. We've got to set ourselves aside. And you can't, you can't have good relationships and be selfish at the same time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 and verse 17, it says this, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life would no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old self is gone, the old life is gone, and the new life has begun. And so we, we, we can have a restart. And today can be a restart in your relationships. Maybe you've made a mess of your relationships. I'm here to tell you that you, His mercies are new every, every day. And you can have a, a, a restart today. And I know that you're excited and can get excited about what the word will bring forth. And, and, and it's like, but you don't know what I got to go home and face. Or you don't know what I have to go home with and face. You know what I'm saying? And so either or. And, and I'm here to tell you, God's word always has the answers. And so if we'll practice these things practice his principles and his values, they will work in our life. Lasting and extremely satisfying relationships that uh, honor God are always done through unselfish or are always accomplished and, and, and experienced through unselfish people. And so we've got to be unselfish in our life. So we're going to talk about fun-loving relationships. I'm going to take you to 1 Corinthians, very familiar passage of Scripture for many 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 4 through 8. It says, it defines love for us. Because a lot of people have a definition of love. But we have to let the word of God define love for us. Because it's the one that guides us and leads us and directs us. And what does love look like? You know, well, I just don't, I just don't feel like I love them. Well, feelings, you, 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 can, you can love somebody and not feel like it. 
There's times that I may not feel like loving God, but I do love God. I may not feel like loving my wife, but I adore and love my wife. There's times that I may not feel like it. And so, so let's let God's Word define what love looks like. And I'm going to tell you, it's not your feelings that defines it. Amen? Come on now. And so let's look at what Scripture says. It says, love is kind. Ouch. We're already getting in trouble, right? <laughs> love is kind. Love is patient. Uh-oh. Here we go. Never jealous. Never boastful, proud, or rude. Love isn't selfish. Not demanding its own way. Or quick-tempered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Uh, done, uh, wrongs that, that others do. Love rejoices in the truth, but not in evil. Love is always supportive, always loyal, always hopeful, always trusting, and love never fails. I love that. So why, why do relationships fail? I'm going to tell you because they're not loving. And I'm going to tell you also, why don't we enjoy our relationships? It's because we're not loving they're not fun-loving, and that's why they're not enjoyable in our lives. So let me, let me read to you 1 Corinthians thirteen seven, the last portion here uh, in the Living Bible. It says, if, anyone, if, if, you, if you love someone, you will be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best in him, and always stand your ground in defending him. Love is always for the other person. And so here's what I want to say. I'm going to give you a quick list of, of what love is. Love is, first of all, by the way, this first one, don't write, don't fill it in in the blank because I had actually thought of another one and there's probably more that you could add. So uh, above your first blank, write this if you're taking notes. Love is a perspective. I, as I was worshiping God uh, a couple of days back, and it's just like I felt like God just downloaded this in me, that love's a perspective. The same way that selfishness is a perspective. You know, when we're selfish, we see, some, we see things a certain way. But when we love, we see something different than a selfish person sees. And so it's a perspective. And I don't have time to build my case on all of these. So go in and research the scripture. But number one, love is, a, love is a perspective. So here's the first one that's on your page. Love is a choice. It's a choice. When it tells us to love, that love is kind, love is patient, love is not rude, love isn't selfish, it's not quick-tempered, these are all choices. And it's not a feeling, it's a choice. We choose to love. I choose to love my wife, even though I may not feel like it all the time. I choose to love God, even though, all the time, even though I may not feel like maybe loving God today. I choose to love. It's a choice that I make every day that I'm going to love my relationships. I choose that. Secondly, love is a fruit. And let me tell you what it's a fruit of. It's not a fruit of the flesh. It's not a fruit of, the, of selfishness. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It, it, it's produced out of our relationship with God. Then love is produced out of that. The Bible calls it in Galatians 5 a fruit of the Spirit. So it's a fruit. In the same way that the, same way that, uh, that the Spirit has the fruit of love, flesh has the, of, the, the fruit of other things like selfishness and rudeness and crudeness and all of those kind of things. 
So it's a fruit. So we want to produce more fruit, then we need to, we need to get closer to God. Thirdly, love is relational. Love is relational. It's meant for relationship. And really, that's what we're going to spend a lot of time on today. And then uh, the next point, I don't remember where it is, fourth, fifth, whatever it is. Love, love is, it is spirit. It is spirit. And you know, the Bible says that he hasn't given us a spirit of, of, of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And so it's, it's, it's supernatural. It's, you know, you, the Bible, when it tells us that we, are, we can love our enemies, it takes supernatural ability from God to be able to love our enemies. So it's a spirit. It's something that God empowers us to be able to do in loving others. So it's supernatural. And then lastly, I want to just say this, that love is fun. It is fun. And really, that's what we're going to talk about. And let me just tie it together, and then I'm going to get in really quickly. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says, Most of all, let, let love guide your life, for then the whole church will stay together in perfect unity or perfect harmony. So notice here it says, let love guide your life, then the whole church will stay together. When, and it's going to stay together in unity. There's something that happens in unity that brings fun, that brings enjoyment, that bring, brings pleasure. a matter of fact, uh, Psalm 133 says this, It says, behold, how good and pleasant. I looked up that word pleasant. It means happy, satisfying, and enjoyable. How good and satisfying and happy and enjoyable it is when brethren dwell together in unity unity or in love. When we're all walking in love, then we're in unity, then it becomes enjoyable. It becomes fun. It's something that we all, get to, we all get to do this together. But when we get out of unity, what is disunity? Disunity is when we're going two different directions. You can, you know, it's no fun when one person is in love and the other person's in selfishness. It's just not any fun. It's only when we're in unity, when we're working together and we're, we're purposing to walk in love. So when we see ourselves being rude, what do we do? We pull that in, say, please forgive me, I repent, and let's get back in love. Let's get back in unity. And ends when we get to enjoy each other. Let me give you one more scripture, and then I'm going to break, the, I'm going to break down some thoughts for you. Uh, Philemon 1.7 says this, Your love has given me great joy, great joy and encouragement, because you, bro- bro- brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Notice here, that your love, it brings joy. When we're operating in unity and love, it's going to bring joy in our life. So can you hear that? Can you, do you got it? And if we'll just start putting God's word to work in our lives. See, I believe that relationships in, in, this, in this time of history are the worst than they ever have been in any time of history. I just, I just think that relationships, people, statistics tell us, professionals tell us that uh, people that are, uh, young people are waiting longer and longer and longer to get married. And it's because they're struggling in their relationships. And those that do get married aren't lasting. And, and, and it's because people are struggling in their relationships. And we got to get back to God. 
We got to get back to God's principles. We got to get back to God's ways and understand that God did not create our relationships to fail. He created every one of our relationships to succeed 100% of the time. If they fail, it's not because God failed us, it's because we failed God. And so we have to work on our relationships. So let's talk about that. How, how can our relationships be fun-loving? I'm glad that you asked. Can I tell you? Yes, Let me give you just four quick things in telling you how our, our relationships can be fun-loving. Number one, enjoy God's love. We have to be a recipient of God's love. You can't give something out that you haven't received yourself. In uh, Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to begin with verse 16. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says, I pray, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources that he would empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. And it goes on to say, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I'm going to tell you, being secure in God's love makes us secure in our relationships. When we're enjoying God's love and just letting God love us, every one of us, every one of us has the need to be loved. But I'm going to tell you, it starts with realizing, recognizing God's love and receiving God's love in our life. We have to have God's love. We have to enjoy God's love. Some people know it up here in their head that God loves them, but they still yet to capture it in their heart that God loves them. Can I tell you, God loves you. He loves you. He wants to touch you. Every one of us need to be touched by God. When you're touched by God, by his love, man, I tell you, you want to love your relationships. And I'm going to tell you, there's people that have been touched by God's love but have gotten away from it. It's something that we need regularly. Statistics tell us that babies that are neglected and not having that constant meaningful touch in their lives are unhealthy babies. They grow up to be unhealthy and they they have all kinds of social problems and all kinds of different health problems in their life simply because they're not getting that meaningful touch on a regular basis. I'm going to tell you that God's love in our life is that meaningful touch that makes us healthy. It makes us healthy. I remember my mother when she first got saved, she came and she we finally, finally got her to... Um, uh, of course, I had only been saved for a short, short time, but we got her to church, and she was the last one to get saved in our family, and, and uh, all, the, all her kids had gotten saved. She had, uh, hadn't gotten saved, and finally she came, and, and my mother was hard-hearted. She was very, very hard, very rough, just, uh, just rough in every way, and, and, and she had lots of walls up, and, 
And so her way to, to uh, handle life and handle all the, the bad things that she had to deal with in life was just to become rough. And she became hard-hearted. So in, uh, unfortunately, in our home, there wasn't a whole lot of meaningful touch. And you've heard me, if you've been around here a while, one of the things that I say about our home when I was growing up, it was wars or rumors of wars. If there wasn't a war happening, there was a rumor of one coming. Okay, it was just like that. It was constant fighting. There was abuse taking place. Um, my mother was abusive. Uh, my brother was abusive. I was abusive to my little sister. So it kind of just went down the line. And, and so there was just some abuse that took place. I'm not saying, you know, necessarily bloody noses and black eyes and that type of thing, but it, it just wasn't pretty. It was verbally and physically abusive in our home. And, uh, and so that, that took place. And, and I, remember, I remember after uh, an altar call in, in a church service, my mother walked that aisle. And I remember when the love of God touched her heart. And she was just, and I, you know, my mother, again, she's this hard exterior, hard exterior, just rough person. And I remember her up, up there just weeping uncontrollably because of God's love touching her life. Just weeping and weeping and weeping because, because of God's love. And I'm telling you, some, some of you, you just, if your relationships are ever going to be on the level that they need to be in, you need to, you need to turn to God and say, God, reveal your love to me. Touch me with your love. Let me know your love. And start enjoying the love of God in your life. And if you're ever going to succeed in your relationships, I believe it starts with enjoying God's love. The second thing that needs to take place is not only enjoying God's love, but we need to enjoy loving God. We need to reciprocate what he's done in our lives and give it back to him. Start loving him back. There's a, a group of 24 of us went to uh, Dallas for a, a worship service up there and was just together and, and just worshiping God and just loving God. And, and, and at the conclusion of it, as, as we're just worshiping, at the conclusion of it, I just wanted to turn to every one of these guys and just embrace them and just love them. There's just something that happens when you're in the presence of God and you're, you're loving God. And he floods your being. He floods you with his love. And what do you want to do is you just want to go to others and you just want to love them. Some of you, I, I know I'm a, I, I love people. I love people. And some, some may be, think, is he for real? I'm for real. I am for real. And I believe it's because of his love in my life that I'm able to love the way that I love. Because I've not always been like this. I was, I was pretty rough myself prior to coming to Christ. I was an alcoholic. I was crude. I was rude. That was the way I was brought up. And I was brought up in, in a home that fought. And if you were ever going to, if you were ever going to uh, survive, you had to be a fighter too. And so I fought too. But now I, I get to love people because I believe that when you love God, God's able to just fill you and you're able to love him. Scripture tells us in Mark 12, verse 30, it says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, not holding anything back. Love him with all of your soul, not holding any of your soul back. 
Listen, you can entrust God with your soul. Love Him with all your mind. Give Him your thoughts and your strength. As you do that, I'm going to tell you, God's going to fill you up and you're going to be a lover of your relationships. And you're going to be fun to be around. You're going to be enjoyable to be around. Again, we're talking about fun-loving relationships. The third thing I want to share with you is that we need to enjoy loving you. Enjoy loving yourself. Now, this is a biggie. I believe there's a lot of people that have a problem with loving themselves. If you want to love your relationships well, you need to learn how to love yourself. Now, back to Mark 12, verse 30 and 31. We'll start with 12. It says to love your God, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. 31 says this. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as? As? So it tells us that we need to love ourselves. Now, there's a difference between being selfish and being self-loving. Because if you're you're selfish, it's going to be self-destructive. The things that you do that are selfish are going to be hurtful to you. But when you're loving yourself according to the Word of God, it's going to be healthy for you. In other words, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of yourself spiritually. You need to make sure that you're having a daily time with God where you're talking to Him, letting Him fill you up. That's loving yourself. Exercising is good because you're loving yourself in a healthy way. There's many things that you can do to love yourself. Watching your words, self-condemning yourself, criticizing yourself, is, it's honestly being selfish. That's not self-loving. Self-loving is when you're speaking what God says concerning you. When you speak over your life that, hey, I am a mighty man of God. I, 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 you know, when you're speaking, I'm, I'm the head and not the tail. Some people, I'm just such a loser. And you're speaking that kind of stuff over your life. That's, that's being just selfish. You're just, you're just having a pity party. Instead of, instead of rejoicing in who God created you, you to be. You've got to start enjoying loving who you are. And, and I'm telling you, I've not always done that. But I do now. I enjoy me. Everybody else may not enjoy me, but I enjoy me. I love me. I, it took some time, and it's taken some time to get to the point where I love me. I appreciate me. I'm glad that I am who I am. And it, it's taken a while. And I'm going to tell you, 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 we've got to have some self-care in our life. We need to keep our batteries charged. Too many people are depleted in their lives, depleted in many ways in, them, in themselves because they're not taking care of themselves. Please, please take care of yourself. Love yourself. The worst thing that you could do is be selfish and start doing things that are going to hurt you. When you make decisions that you know that are contrary to God's word is being selfish. And it's going to hurt you. It's not, going to, it's not self-loving. That's going to be destructive not only to you, but also to your relationships. And so we've got to work on that. 
I made this statement a, a, a while back. People come to church at their very worst. That's why we need to come at our very best. And if we're going to come at our very best, where we're able to minister to people and help people the way that we need to help them, then we need to learn to love ourselves very, very well. Is that making sense to you guys? So enjoy, enjoy God's love. Enjoy loving God. Enjoy loving you. And then lastly, enjoy loving others. We get, honestly, this ought to happen automatically as an overflow of, of enjoying God's love, enjoying loving God, and enjoying loving you. It ought to be an overflow. You ought to be just so full of love that you're just able to flow into the lives of those that are around you and make a life-giving difference in people's lives. And we ought to just be so full of love that throughout life, and we can be busy, honestly, all of us can be busy, but we should never be too busy to love people. We should never be too busy to, to pause and stop and loving people. But the Bible tells us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, so we need to be about loving people. And I'm going to say some things here that I believe that I think that are extremely important. Listen, I want to just say that, uh, that people, people need your love. They need you in a, in a great way. And I, I have some thoughts here that I just want to share with you um, that I believe that will help is that we need to always, always be mindful that we're only here on this earth for a short time. And every moment of every day is precious. I'm a busy man. I stay busy. I'm busy all the time. And in my busyness, in all that I do, throughout the course of every day, I put life on hold. I will pause life. I pause it on purpose. And I'll sit there and I'll send out a text or I'll make a phone call. And I pause life and I will send out a text and say, just thinking about you, I love you. Or I'll send a little note and just pour my heart out. Or, and every time I write something in a text or any time I call, I'm telling you it's because it's, I'm wanting to express love. And I, that ought to speak volumes. There's a, a pastor friend of mine in Oklahoma. Last night at, at 9.39, he sent a text to me. Just a one sentence text, and it meant so much to me. And this is what he said. I, did, I, I went ahead and, and, and put it on my notes here this morning. He says, praying for you, my friend. Have a great service tomorrow. In the busyness of all that he was doing... He paused life to love me and send me a text. He paused just to show me love. Sometimes it, it, it doesn't take long to make a big difference in people's lives. Don't get so busy that you can't push pause on life and send out somebody a text or give them a phone call or wrote, write a hand note or, or whatever you need to do to show some love. And as you do, I believe it's going to make a massive, massive difference in your relationships. Are you guys good with that? Let's start practicing these things and watch and see 
what God does in your relationship, in relationships. Let's pray. Father, we love you.